Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. This week, my buddy Nick and I will be discussing the new film, Past Lives. Let's get into it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Two Peas on a Podcast is here. Gerald is here with you. And of course, my co-host, there he is, Nick. What's up, man? Welcome to Two Fleas on a Dogcast. I'm Nick. Uh, bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay. What was it last week? It was Two Bees on a Hivecast? Maybe. And now it's Two Fleas on a Dogcast. So Maybe. is this going to be a thing every week? Maybe. How many things rhyme with peas, though? I guess we'll find out. So many things. All you got to do is put an <laughs> S on the end of a word. I guess we'll find out. Well, all right. Well, anyway, you're here. Two peas, two bees, two fleas, whatever it is this week. <laughs> and Nick rushed over to the theater this weekend. Rushed. To, to squeak in a viewing of Past Lives, a film that I saw a couple weeks ago that I didn't know we were doing an episode on, so it's not a mystery that I really adored this film. I liked it a whole lot, so I'm looking forward to discussing that with you. I have no idea what you thought about it as of yet, as we're sitting here. And we had this quick banter last week, and we're kind of building the template for the show. And instead of just like random whatever, we decided to come up with kind of a fun segment at the top here. And it can be related to the movie. It can be related to like the themes of the movie or whatever. But we're going to throw an important question at each other. And that'll kind of be the start of the show. So we're going to call it one important question to get things going. So, Nick, do you want to hit me with your question or do you want me to give you mine? I'm going to. The floor is yours, my friend. Now, this is somewhat in relation to past lives. I was inspired by the movie to come up with this question. But we have crossroads in our life, right? Like we come to crossroads at different stages of our life, different points of our life. So my question to you is, what choice were you faced with at a crossroads in your life that you wish you could go back and rethink the choice that you made? I mean, that, I mean, that honest to God, that's a, it's, it's a good question. And it's kind of it kind of dips it kind of dips a touch into like the question I am going to ask you as mm-hmm. well like because mine was extremely extremely similar so I'm gonna put it on the table right now so we can both take time to think about both of them but mine it. was you know rewrite rewrite an event of your life and how do you think your life would have changed mm. rewriting that rewriting that major that major event in your life to to come out like the outcome comes out uh the opposite way or just a different way or or whatever like what trajectory what trajectory do you think your your life would have taken because i I, th- I feel like those are really similar and i like they that are. we were both kind of in that same headspace thinking about this movie because that's the kind of questioning and that's the kind of thinking that this movie really elicits mm-hmm. from you when you're sitting there in the theater watching it you know well that's a tough thing right because it's like we both have families we both have children you know we've been married etc and here's the other thing just to jump in so, on this too it, there's an impossibility to that question to to finding an answer to that question because 
the Gerald that knows the answer to that question is a completely different person than the Gerald that's sitting on the other side of this call for me right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's why like thinking of thinking of your question to me, like, what would I go back and change? Like I think about, and I, I, I thought so much about so many different things for this film, but like if say I decided to go to college straight out of high school, instead of delaying to go to college until I was 25, well then the person that's listening to this, editing it right now, I wouldn't even know him. I never would have right. met Dan. I met Dan in Clarion. I met Dan in college and I can't imagine my life without Dan, you know, I can't, but that's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think about all these choices that I've made that have made me into this person that I am. And the only one that I really think I would go back and I would take back is Dan's Dan's going to hoot and holler when he hears it, but I wouldn't have gotten married (laughs) the first time I would. I wouldn't have gotten married because it was it was a it was a terrible toxic marriage. It was not good. It was definitely not good for me. It took me to the lowest and darkest places that I've ever been in my entire life. But I also think even in saying that, as I answer the question that way, I think of the things that I was able to reclaim from myself or for myself out of that. I think of the ways that I was able to change. And I think of how important it is for me to reach out and help other people who might be struggling with the kinds of things that I struggled with back then. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I like, think about all the stuff that I talk about on Nikolai's kitchen, like all the like super serious stuff. Would even half of that exist if not for all the things that I went through there too, you know? So right, that you had to reflect on or whatever. It's it's, right? a, it's a really tough question. And I don't think honest to God, and this is a silly cop out for our first time doing this segment, but I love this segment. We got to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, I think, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have an answer to the question. I really don't. Well, the thing is, is that it's tough because, and you kind of already alluded to it a little bit, but it's like mm-hmm. everything that exists now that we love in our life, albeit mostly our family and like our, like our kids, for example, yeah. Like if I hadn't met my wife or my wives because I was married once before and I have a daughter from that marriage yeah, and I have, I have two sons from my current marriage, would those lives be on earth? You know, would they exist if the things hadn't played out the way they played out? So I guess answering this question, I just want to put an asterisk. It doesn't mean I, I want to change anything in my life currently because I love my kids and I love all the things that have happened throughout the course of my life. But... I've always been, and this might be a little personal, but I've always been kind of unfulfilled professionally in my life. Yeah. I and, get that. and it's not necessarily about money or anything like that. Cause that's not what I'm talking about. I just, I don't know. I just feel like I'm just kind of working for the man my whole life and I'm not you really answering comp- my question for me too. actually just to circle back to it. I would have, I would have stayed when, when I was a senior at Clarion they offered a film major. They didn't have a film major before that. And I did a film studies minor that they like discontinued like after I took two thirds of the classes from it. So I took a whole bunch of film studies classes and all these different right. things, like a screenwriting class, all this stuff that I really, really loved. And then they took all that away. But then, like I said, when I was in my fourth year, they offered a film major. Uh, so I would A, stay for that film major. Just gut it out. I, I had all the I had all the like general stuff that you needed. All I needed was the specialized stuff. Would have taken me another year and a half, maybe two years to finish it. Or I'd have gone to grad school straight out. I'd have gone to grad yeah. school straight out for for 
residence life for for student services and stuff like that because i really really loved that part of my college experience i really really yeah. loved being part of res life that was one of the things that meant like the absolute most to me it, it was wonderful i really really loved it and i really loved working with students and i really think that i could have continued with that and and had an amazing career in that i mean granted like it's like we're talking about like the nick that would be sitting here would be a completely different person right than 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 that than that person but then like we'll talk about it when we get more into the film it kind of depends on how much you believe in like they talk about in the film like the inyun the kind of uh korean belief in fate or whatever that you know like right if two lives are kind of meant to touch together like like brush together like in one way or another then that's kind of like that's kind of fate like just repeating over and over in, in every different life that we lead so right. You know, but still, yeah, that's that's the circle I back mean, to my question. I didn't mean to jump back in on there on you, no, but no, like you're right good. when I mean, you were saying that, I immediately was like, Yeah, I know exactly what I would do. Yeah, I mean, for me it's the exact same thing. I mean, it's kinda like we're having the back and forth because it's like I don't want to change anything necessarily that's around me now, but mm-hmm. I've yeah, just yeah, always yeah. I've just always been unfulfilled professionally and it's kind of similar to what you said. You know, when I went to college, I'm dating myself a little bit, but it was the mid nineties when I started mm-hmm. college, I started college in the fall of 94. Yeah. And, uh, my first major at UNC Greensboro was back then it was called media studies. Mm. And there were different aspects of like, they had like a film segment, television, they had the production side of it, uh, that, you know, they had people that were acting on theater and stuff like that, but it was all media studies. Yeah. And I kind of got away from it and I went and, this direction was weird, but I switched my major to political science and I did that and I did English and I don't know, it was weird. So I kind of got away from it. So I guess a simple answer would be, I wish I had kind of stuck with the media studies and I played out, played that out a little bit, like my yeah. love of movies, maybe even being able to like teach that stuff mm-hmm. on a high school or college level would have been something I wouldn't have been paid as much, but I mean, I probably would have been a lot more fulfilled yeah. and I would have enjoyed it a, a lot more. You know, but it's weird, right? Because it's like, well, if I do one thing different, it's like we were talking about the Flash last week. Mm-hmm. Like he goes back and the little thing he just wants to do different, but it spirals out of control. You know, and the next yeah. thing you know, like, is my daughter born? You know, do I meet my current wife at my restaurant job? You know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like all this other shit just kind of spirals. So it's one of those very like existential questions that you, that mm-hmm. I'm sure people ponder frequently. But for me, it's just like, the the simple answer is just choosing a different career path. I yeah. think is what yeah. I would probably have done out of college. Yeah, I it, I mean it's 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 interesting to kind of think about. And I wrote this in my review. I didn't post it on Letterbox. Yeah, it'll be up obviously after this review goes up. But I talked about like the cinema landscape right now, like over the past couple of years has been littered with all these different movies about multiverses and stuff. Yeah. You've got your doctor strange. You've got your everything everywhere all at once. You've got your flash. You've got all these different things where, and like even like Avengers and like these different things, a lot of bigger budget stuff, but like all the ask these kind of existential questions. What if you go back and change something? What if something was different at some key point in history, how would that change everything going forward? I mean, this hell, film even does back to the, the same future. thing. I mean, not to interrupt you, but even back to the future. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Go Biff's Biff's future with the sports almanac. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, really, I mean, this film asks those same questions, but it doesn't give you the answers. It lets you as the audience member ponder on it. And right. that's why this is the kind of film when you see it, it sticks with you way after you walk out of that cinema. And I mean, way, way after you walk out. 
Well, that could be a segue then. All right, uh, you ready, Nick? So we're gonna now this. I'm gonna say ready, set, go. Ooh, we didn't, ready, we didn't set, really, go. All right. Yeah, we didn't really have a kind of like sound off last week, and we kind of fumbled around our score reveal. So when I say ready, set, go, say it, say whatever out of ten while you're showing your uh, image on the video. We're ready, set, go. Ten out of ten, 10 baby. Ten out of ten. 10 out of wow. 10. Oh my God. You too. Wow. Perfect, perfect score from the peas, baby. Oh my God. Is this, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Movie of the year for you so far? Yes. It is yeah, my number one easily. film. It's my only 10 so far this year. Easily um, movie of the year for me so far. hundred percent. I mean, wow. Unbelievable. How much this film stays with you. After you, because it's like we talked about with that, with the one big question, right? It's like we talked about it's, it, it elicits in you, you all of a sudden start asking all those questions about your life. You know, what if you had like, if things had worked out differently and you had stayed with your first wife, you know, and, and never met like your second wife or anything like that, it's crazy you would be a completely really different person. You would, you would be a, a completely different person than you are Everything right now. around me would be different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, everybody, everybody that's connected to me would be different. Like yeah. it just everything. It's a domino effect. So uh, we're going to do a little spoiler free section here. So let me just give a real quick. I'm going to read the letterbox synopsis on these or I'll have Nick do it some weeks. But Nora and Sung, two deeply connected childhood friends, are rest apart after Nora's family immigrates from South Korea. 20 years later, they are reunited for one fateful week as they confront notions of love and destiny. That's the general synopsis on Letterbox. Spoiler free. Obviously, we both gave it 10 out of 10. <laughs> Nick, I mean, beautiful. It's as high as a recommend gets, baby. Tragic. One spoiler free thing I'll say about this movie is that I was 100% invested in all the main characters. It's yes. really Nora and Hayesung, but also her husband, her new husband yep. as well. Like I was invested in his story too because I connected with him mm -hmm. more than anybody as an American. I mean, first and foremost, but as kind of this outsider to, you know, their their kind of friendship and the and you know, their insider stuff that they had that I didn't really get a language barrier, perhaps, but also you kind of felt for the husband just. I don't know. We'll get into it when we get to our spoiler section. So there's so much, there's so much to unfold with this movie. There's so many different layers of this onion to peel back. So, yeah, I, I'll agree with you 100%. I don't think there's a bad guy in this movie. I right. think that every character, like, you fully understand who that character is and where they're coming from in in their actions in the film. And, yeah, we'll get into, like, all the spoilers and everything. But let me just say this absolutely one of and and this is her first film Celine song the writer director oh of this God. i can't believe how that. how deliberately is every single second of screen time in this film executed every scene like there are scenes that just linger with silence and just just, just long shots on characters staring at each other just these mm -hmm. insanely intensely powerful moments and then you have incredible incredible performances from greta lee from tu and john magaro like all three of them like powerhouse powerhouse performances in those scenes where there is just like a couple of feet like a couple of sp a, 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 a space between people there's a shot in the trailer that they show and it's one of the scenes in the film but like 
uh, Nora and Heisung are on a, is it a subway car or whatever? And mm-hmm. their hands are just, their hands are just on the pole. Their hands mm-hmm. are just on the pole and their hands aren't touching, but their hands are right next to each other. But you can, you can almost the way that see shot, the electricity the way coming off yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. everything is so perfectly executed by writer, director, Celine song that it's, it's so investing. It, it's just so investing and it just keeps, it pulls you into its world and it makes you care about every single one of these characters like so, so deeply. I was, I was like really like I was, I was like tearing up writing my review, just even thinking about all these characters and all of the different scenarios that they must like, like the, the, the range of emotions that all these characters must go through and, and had to go through and had to show is, is mind blowing really is. I agree. I agree. So we're in full agreement here. So it's not going to be a a big argument this week, which mm. is great because it's no. like I said, it's my favorite film of the year so far. So let's get into some just open discussion about past lives. So guys, going forward, there will be spoilers for this movie. It is still in theaters, and it's probably going to be streaming soon. If you have not seen it yet, then you'll want to skip ahead to after the uh, section as we get into it here. So, Nick, when when we had the kind of setup, if you will, and a lot of the childhood scenes were so tender and touching and, mm-hmm. oh, my God, like I have, like my my son Logan's 10 years old. I think they were maybe 12 in those scenes 12, or yeah, somewhere. 12, yeah, they were 12. 12, yeah. Because they did everything at like 12-year like intervals, I think. Right, right, yeah. And I see his kind of friendships now as a 10-year-old and – and then I even look at other movies that I love, like, you know, Stand By Me and The Sandlot. And, like, a lot of childhood friendships really start to become personal to you. And they start to really, quote, unquote, mean something to you. And mm-hmm. you start to feel different emotions around that age. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the first quarter of the movie when they were kind of setting up what we were going to get? But you had these the childhood uh, story in, in Korea, which I thought was beautiful. Yeah, I mean it's 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 really really wonderful. And I'll I'll say I'll say this from the outset. This is this film is very much two things. Number one, it is a first time director, so there are some very deliberately staged shots. Like this is obviously this is obviously the the metaphor, the visual representation of what she's trying to go for. Like when they're kids and they say goodbye, and they literally split them off on the screen. She goes up a set of stairs this way, and he goes down a road this way. I mean, it is very literal in that way. So you have to kind of. You have to you have to just be understanding of that. I love visual representations of that kind of stuff, so I'm not going to complain about it. But that kind of thing is in there. And and number two, this is a writer's movie as well. I really love. There's a scene later when Nora and Arthur are in bed, and like he's a writer and she's a playwright. So like he's literally describing like his arc he's as a character the in the movie. Of past lives. Yeah, literally, no, I love it. He describes yeah. his arc as a character in 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 the film and and I loved that as a writer myself. I really loved that it was just a writer's movie and that she just straight leaned into it. That was great. Uh, yeah, the stuff as kids, like the the stuff t- of them together as kids, like it's it's quiet and it's it's beautiful. Like it's not like they're like making out or anything. They they're 12. No. You know, but they like they like, you know, she like falls asleep on him and they're holding hands right. and all the these car, different yeah. things. It's and just so like, innocent and beautiful, yeah. man. It was like really, it had, a, it, which I guess makes sense because they're twelve, but it just had that childlike, yeah, innocence to it that was really special. And I really mm-hmm. felt like that was an important part of the movie for us to be able to buy into, you know, what we were going to see from these characters going forward. And I just want to tell you real quick too, when 
you were talking about that scene about the split where they're essentially saying goodbye to each other for the next yep. 20 years, basically. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how to process that as a 12 year old, really. Do you know what no. I mean? Like, I, I don't think they really knew the gravity of like, Oh, I'm never going to see this person again. But Celine song makes a conscious decision as a filmmaker later in the movie, at the end of the movie, when the two adults, they're back together and she flashes back to that. Yeah. And I freaking lost it, bro. Like yeah. that was such a like, unexpected flashback kind of to them as kids, but yeah, I don't know, man. It just, it just did something to me personally. Like I, I was really emotional after that kind of callback, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to the ending. We'll get to the ending of the film more, obviously, as we, as we discuss everything here, but yeah, I mean the, the, the childhood sections really have to lay the groundwork for there's clearly like, Clearly, these two would have had some kind of future or something would have probably developed between yeah. these two if they had been able to stay together and even stay in touch with each other. Like, they literally have no contact once she leaves and they move to Toronto. They immigrate to Toronto. So they never have any contact or anything like that after that, which is like a long, long time to kind of spend like all this time with someone as a child and kind of grow closer to them, become a confidant with them and all these different things. And then to just completely lose that, like to completely lose like this one person to whom you form this like really emotional attachment is, is something that would be really, really powerful. I'm not somebody who's, who got uprooted a lot myself as a kid. I don't know if you were, so I can't really speak to a lot of that kind of stuff. And I'll say this from the outset as well. Like we're, we, we make this joke about the meme of our podcast all the time that we're two white dudes, middle-aged white dudes talking (laughs) about movies on a podcast, which is groundbreaking stuff. Yeah. There's a whole sub layer of this that I, I could never understand as somebody who, you know, was born in, in America and raised here of, you know, somebody who grows up in a completely different culture and then is an immigrant to a new culture. And she does it twice too. She, the first they go to Canada and then did, and then to, then to New York when she, when she moves to New York. I mean, that's probably less of a culture shock than say moving from, south korea to canada was but yeah there's that whole separate level of this too that i can't even begin to understand as a viewer so i i just that's probably the only time i'm really going to mention it because i don't i don't think i can right. i don't think i can possibly comment on it in a way that's going to give it the the gravity that it deserves you know yeah it would be somewhere like if we uprooted and moved to korea we might know how it felt you know yeah I mean, exactly we're just not gonna know but you know um Another thing that I thought was beautiful in the script, too, was how she mentioned, uh, you know, later in the adult version of herself, Nora, she mentioned how he always was like there to kind of talk her down from her temper tantrums. And mm-hmm. you, 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 there was a lot of callbacks to them as kids. And you got mm-hmm. the sense that they didn't really share a ton of time together before she left. Mm-hmm. But it was impactful to her that she was still kind of talking about it, you know, decades later. And she got to be emotional, too. Like, there's the whole kind of through line through the entire film where when she was a little girl in Korea with him, she used to cry all the time to him about, like, whatever. And once they immigrate, she doesn't do that anymore. Like, she said she stops crying because nobody's listening, nobody cares, because he was the one person that listened and that cared whenever 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 she would cry i really really love that they kind of keep referring back to that because then of course we get to like the ending of the film which like i said we'll talk about more in depth but we get to that ending of the film when she finally 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 
lets go of that piece of her childhood, that piece that she's clinging to and is finally able to let go of her emotions again and breaks down. It's it's so moving. It's so powerful. And I really, really love that they, like I said, all, all that emotionality really has to get built up when they're kids. And I think the film does a masterful job of it. It really, really does. So I think when you're talking about this movie and I haven't listened to anyone else review this film or anything like that, I, I don't know the way to really go about it. But I think when reviewing this movie, especially with somebody I'm comfortable with like you, it's almost like a lot of like, what ifs and what did you think about this? And as opposed to like, here's, you know, scene a and scene B and scene C, you know what I mean? Like the story kind of is what it is and it's told beautifully, but I guess like, I'll just pose this to you just cause I just thought of this. So it really comes down to, so Nora's moved on. Because really, I mean, because she had to, you know, and she's remarried. So it's like, do you are you okay with that for her? Like when you were watching this movie, were you ever like, hey, Sung is her soulmate, like she should be with him. Or were you like, okay with the path that she had that she was now on? Like, did you ever did that ever kind of cross your mind? Because really, it's about her at the, at the central focus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she has these two different paths where it's like she could be with the person that I think is supposed to be kind of painted as her, I guess, soulmate's the best way to put it, kind of like childhood sweetheart that she probably would have been with had she stayed there versus kind of the American version of him because, you know, she fast forwarded X number of years and now she's in America and this is who she fell in love with here. Mm-hmm. And they had a beautiful, I thought they had kind of a beautiful origin story too, even though he kind of talks about it like it's nothing. I thought it was pretty cool because they both met doing something they love at the writer's retreat and all that stuff. I thought that was a really cool kind of origin story, but he kind of downplays it. Arthur's one of the most fascinating characters in this film because he's got this very deep insecurity about this part of her life that he can never be a part of. He can never touch because he didn't grow up as an immigrant either. He didn't grow up and have that connection to her as a little girl in Korea. He doesn't have any, like he says, she dreams in Korea and he says, you dream in a language I can't understand. Right. You know? And like for him, you could tell that there's this deep rooted insecurity, like in believing that she always longs for this life that she left behind or, or whatever back in Korea to answer mm-hmm. your original question. Uh, no, I don't think so because I don't think that's the journey that this film is trying to take you on. I think that you can definitely view it that way. And I think that that's one quote life that could have been lived. That's one path that could have been followed, but I don't think the film tries to take Nora on that journey. And they, they, they just, they have these, these, these beautiful, beautiful exchanges. But one of the things that Sung says to her is that, you know, he's a branch and she's a bird, you know, and, and, and she, she's the one who leaves and like mm-hmm. for Arthur, she's the one that stays like, mm-hmm. Because of her ambitions, because of the the person that she is, because of the trajectory that she's on, she was never going to be happy staying in Korea and chasing after like whatever like traditional Korean life is like in that kind of sense. She was never going to be happy there with the ambition and everything that she describes. Every stage of her life, and there's a third stage that we haven't even really mentioned here, obviously when they're kids and obviously when they meet again in New York, but then there's this interceding stage too where they reconnect via the internet mm-hmm. and they're basically 
basically they're not dating, but they're basically like just kind of Skype calling each other like all the time. And they're looking forward to their calls. And yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, they're kind of, like, reinvesting in each other emotionally, like, super, super big time. Really and great. She, like, and she really see. she really steps up during that segment, too. I thought, yeah. like, I thought it was a very sh- strong, courageous moment on her part as a character because I don't know if you remember, she has that one, you know, line to him where she's like, I should be doing this and that. I should be living my life, essentially. But I'm instead, I'm looking up flights to Korea. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, and I can't go. So why am I doing that? You know? And yeah, I think we've all kind of been in those scenarios where it's like, what are we really doing here? Like, is mm-hmm. this benefiting my my current situation? And I thought that was really courageous on her character's part. It, you know, really and it was. had to be tough because they, like you said, they were talking multiple yeah. times a day. They were essentially... They were essentially together in that portion. I mean, in a sense, long distance kind of deal or whatever. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was it was something that, you know, she was torn because it was obviously pulling her back to her roots, back to that part of her that she left behind when her family immigrated. But also it was in conflict with the person that she had become. It was in conflict with the goals and aspirations that she had at that point in her life, you know? So it was never going to be, it was, it was just, it was just never going to work like it at that stage. And like I said, that's why I I don't view it that way. I don't view it as, Hey, Sung was her soulmate and they should have gotten together at the end of the film. And it should have been like that, you know, cliched kind of Hollywood ending of, of them making out. And like, she leaves and goes back to Korea with it. She never would have been happy in that life. Right. This version of her, this version of her in this life, it never, 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 never would have been happy living that life. She was where she needed to be. She was where she, as she says, she's, this is where I ended up. Like, this right. is where I need to be. This is the, this is my life. This is, this is where I need to be. Did you get this? Did you get the sense though? Because you could tell that he was a little, like you said, insecure too. Her husband, oh, Arthur, for sure was, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And um, there's that one really cool scene where, you know, he's like trying to figure out how to react as a husband, and he was a very level-headed, like cool dude. Like you said, he was not a bad guy in any way. He never, he never shown, he never showed to me as an audience member that I should not be rooting for him. Like I always yeah. felt like I was always sympathetic to his situation. But they have that one scene where she, you know, she's getting ready or whatever, and he's like asking her, like, "Are you attracted to him?" Or mm-hmm. well, he starts. He says, "Do you think he's attractive?" Yeah. And she's yeah, like, yeah. she's basically like, "Yeah, you know, I would say he's attractive." Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Were well, you attracted to him?" And we know she is. I mean, you know, we kind of get the, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, and she kind of gives the wife answer, where it's like. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> you know? yeah. And it's kind of like, all right, but you, you get like, especially if you've been in a marriage or if you're in a marriage, like you kind of get the things that you kind of have to tiptoe around a little bit yeah, to keep, to keep peace or whatever. And I thought they did a really good job. I thought Celine song and the actors involved in the script, like it was really well done to kind of, you know, cause you mentioned Arthur's story before and it was real. Like it felt real. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like, you know, maybe in the sequel, if we want to talk Hollywood <laughs> lingo, but I don't think there's any world where, like, if she left Arthur and ended up with Hey Sung in this movie, that would not feel real to me. No. You know I mean, that wouldn't feel like something that would not just with the happen. journey that this character went right. on in this film. Like, we already know all of the things that she has gone through to get her to where she is when she's living in New York. That version of Nora never would have been happy. It's kind of like she talks to him because her Korean name is Na Young. 
And, you know, they adopt an English name whenever they move to Canada, whenever they immigrate to Canada. So she has a line of dialogue to him later on where she says, like, that Na Young is gone. Like, I left Na Young behind in Korea when I left. Like, Na Young is gone. Like, that little girl that you knew is gone. And that's because she is. Now, you can get into all of the discussions and like the, what the film is really, really, really truth, truthfully about is what if she had never left Korea? Mm-hmm. What if there was no Nora? What if it was just Na Young? You know, that's where that's where this film ultimately directs you. That's where this film ultimately pushes you through that concept of Inyun, which is like the Korean kind of idea of fate. And, and everything that to me is, 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 is so it's, it's just so, so wonderfully done. So it surprised me in like digging up information about this film, that there were some people, some people, and they were the minority of all the information that I saw, but there were some people that like really wanted or expected her to, to, to leave with Sung and go back to Korea. And I mean, if that's the way you saw the film, if that's the journey this film took you on, I understand, but that's not the way that I watched it at all. I don't think that Nora, that character would never have been happy going back to Korea and living th- that role, like uh, just marrying Sung and, and, and just being part of his never. I, I don't think that ever would have worked. I think what we're as an audience instead intended to kind of take away from it is we think of the version of that little girl that never left Korea. We think of if she would have stayed there, how much different would her life have been? She would have been an entirely different person. They would have grown up, continued to stay together, continued to bond together, probably gotten together, probably gotten married, like all those different things. You know, I right. think that that's where the film takes you instead. I agree. I think it kind of, I already kind of mentioned, I feel like the movie is really centered on Nora's journey. And then 100%. all this other stuff's kind of going on around her. But she has this internal struggle because I feel like, especially when we get to the New York stuff, you get the sense that she feels her comfort zone is probably in her roots in Korea. And with Sung, you know, she feels comfortable like, oh, this is my, this is where I'm, you know, this is where I started. This is my origin. Yeah. But that's not who she is now. So there is a bit of comfort that comes in doing what we're kind of used to and what we're familiar with and what we kind of like are fondly remembering, you know, and I feel like she's doing that a lot of times and she's trying to kind of go back to her childhood. But then the reality of it is, is that she's in New York. She's living the life that she's living. She's with Arthur, who she loves. I mean, he's a good husband. It's not like this is a bad dude. Yep if they had painted Arthur, if he was written as some kind of villain or had some flaws that were like really highlighted in the movie, then maybe we could as an audience member go, okay, well, this is your chance to like, you know, be Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson and any other romantic comedy. You know what I mean? Uh, But that wasn't the case. Like, Like I said, it was written very real. And I wanted to tell you a story, Nick. So we, had a play date for my son a couple weeks ago, or actually last weekend. And I had seen the movie and the mom of the kid that we went on the play date with is a huge movie fan. And she was like, so I heard past lives was like your favorite movie of the year. And I was like, Oh yeah, absolutely loved it. I just saw it. And she was like, well, I went to see it yesterday. And like, I just don't know 
like I liked it, but I don't, it wasn't the movie of the year for me. Like, I don't know what Nora was doing at the end of the movie. And so I kind of talked to her a little bit. I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, she just didn't do anything. Like it just kind of ended and she just kind of let him leave. And that was it. And I was kind of yeah. like, well, and I had just met this woman, by the way. Right, so I right, didn't right. want to like, you know, but I was like, and she's awesome. But I was like, yeah, well, I think that's kind of the point, you know, is that she was in her situation that she was in and she was in a happy marriage with someone. She was leaving a professional life in New York City. So like it was really devastating for her emotionally. But like, how could she just up and like go to Korea? with her childhood sweetheart. You know what I mean? Like think about it from a realistic standpoint. And I think if you, if you just like put, in other words, like if you and I were friends with Nora, like what would she do? You know what I mean? She wouldn't call us and be like, I'm moving to Korea. You know, my career, my, my childhood sweetheart. I'm see you later. You know, like it just wouldn't be real at that point to me, but it was interesting to kind of have that conversation. And with yeah. a, with a woman, no less, you know, yeah. like it was kind of I was surprised to kind of hear that take, if you will. Yeah, no. I, and I, I, I think this film ends and I think this film gets to that point because it exactly it exactly needs to. That's exactly where this film should have ended. She finally lets go of this thing that she had when she was a child. She finally lets go of all of it. Like she finally is able to get closure, like is able to see him again and kind of you know, I mean, she's obviously going to like probably always still have some kind of feelings and whatnot for him, but just seeing her reinforces for her the fact that she belongs where she belongs, that she belongs in this life. And now, now that she's like finally gotten that closure and gotten past him, now she can go to Arthur and now she can cry. Now she can have that breakdown for for like for him instead. Well, yeah, let's just go ahead and talk about the ending. Just period. Oh, yeah, God. go ahead. It's I mean, it's, I mean. What Greta Lee does in that last like five minutes, I thought was like just I was. Well, I mean, and even beyond that, like think about think about the way that Celine's song, like think about the way that the shot is staged, like and it's all like one pretty much continuous shot for like. Yeah. I mean, they, there's a couple it's of cuts like in there, different places, whatever, but yeah. it's like they walk all the way down this block and they get to like in front of these garage doors. They're like perfectly framed out by the garage doors. They stop and then literally there's nothing. There's it, it, there's just silence and they're just Wait, staring no, at Uber. each other, mm-hmm. literally just staring at each other and. Then, you know, his Uber gets there and 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 I loved like the, the exchange that really leveled me like it wasn't even her emotionally uh, up to that point. But the, the thing that really, really leveled me was he's about to get in the Uber and he turns back to her and he says, do you think that this is a past life? Like, do you mm-hmm. think that this is a past life that we're living now? And like, what do you think would happen in the next one? Like, what do you think we're going to be in the next life? And she's just like, I don't know. Like, I don't, know I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he, and he basically, cause he's reached that closure point too. He's like, okay, like, I'm not going to have her in this life and that's okay. And then he's just like, I'll see you then. I'll see you like, there. You know, just yeah. knowing, knowing that in whatever other life, and you got to believe in reincarnation or at least like the idea of it, that this film is selling to you to really understand that. But like, that's the journey that it's taking you on. Like he's letting go of her in this life because he knows he's not going to have her, but he's okay with that because he knows he's going to see her in the next life. And he just says, I'll see you then. Like that is devastating, man. That's devastating in like, a, in, in, in one of the most beautiful ways like possible because 
it's it's not a it's not a sad ending like it's not a bad ending for either one of them she's going back to a marriage that is good and fulfills her and he's going back to korea with the closure that i think he never got over 20 right. years of not having been able to see her it's so beautiful it, it's unfathomably beautiful in that way i don't think it really would necessarily be this way but did you ever see uh, call me by your name did you ever see that yeah movie? yeah yeah so I've always kind of used this like thought process. And I kind of thought about that again at the end of past lives where it's like you have to. And I think Celine Sog does a great job of making this happen, at mm -hmm. least for me. But you have to be able to put yourself in the character's shoes mm -hmm. and really think about what they're facing. And what how would you feel if you knew that person was leaving and you were never going to see him again like yeah. in this life? You know, like. I've like you said, I've had my closure. I've said my goodbyes. This was a great time. But when I leave and you're out of my field of vision, I'm literally never going to see you again in my physical space. Yeah. Like that's just a heavy, heavy emotional thing to kind of take in. And I got that a lot with this movie too. And that's why when she breaks down, when she goes back to Arthur, we as the audience are essentially breaking down with her because we feel like, well, that was that. Mm -hmm. right like that that is what it is a chapter's closed and like you said i mean i don't it's not a bad ending like i don't feel sad about it necessarily i don't think sadness is the right emotion i'm trying to tell you that i felt i just felt like a, an upwelling of emotion for her having to let all of that kind of go yeah and it's like we yeah, have sure. to move on with our life now you know it was great and i'm always going to have those memories but kind of like her character says in the movie this is where i'm supposed to be now you know yeah. and i felt good about it i mean like i said i mean that that's the part that really devastates me because i'm a person that i'm a person that like constantly like tries to think about and we talked about this with our question at the top of the show but like all those branching kind of things all those different paths that your life can take you know maybe in the next life she doesn't leave maybe in the next life they get to they get to be together they get to like experience all that kind of thing together and even if not like even if like there's a there's a there's a set of circumstances or a set of different things that happens in each of those different lives each of those subsequent times when they constantly pass together like even if not it's it's just just the idea that they kind of keep crossing over and over one another and keep brushing, like brushing by each other's clothing. Like that's a big thing that they talk about in the film. Like, you know, even, even brushing past them, you know, like it means that they were connected in a previous life, you know? And like I said, it, you know, you've got to kind of understand it, like it maybe not believe, but if for necessarily understand the concept of reincarnation and whatnot to really buy into that whole thing. Right. But like I said, I think there's just a there's just a, a devastating beauty to that. Just that idea of that idea of accepting and saying, "I'm not going to have you in this life, and that's okay. I'll see you in the next one." Crazy. And like I said at the beginning, the shot to them as kids too. Yeah. At that moment, I mean, I didn't expect that. That just really got me. It's, it's like I it's literally perfect. started welling up when that when she. That idea of like the the people that truly the people that truly are meant to be part of our lives that your quote unquote soulmates, if you will. I don't necessarily think that a soulmate is a is a. I think you make a soulmate. I think in this life, I think Arthur's her soulmate. You know, I think in another life that Hey Soon could be her soulmate. Right. You know, and and 
I, I think that it could be even different people that she's crossed paths with at different points in different lives as well. So I, I think that that's a fluid thing. I don't think that that's necessarily like a, 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 a concrete thing, but I love that idea of just having different soulmates over different paths and different periods in your life. And like the circumstances that have taken you Gerald Morris to the point where you are in your life right now, if you go back and change something 20, 30, 40 years ago to put yourself on a completely different path and trajectory, you could be completely some other different entire version of this person who, you know, right. maybe like has the same voice or like a couple, like has the same beard or whatever else, but <laughs> necessarily fundamentally, beard. you're a completely different person and you have a completely different soulmate, you know? Well, what's interesting is that past lives is like a subdued, quiet, romantic kind of version of like those multiverse stories that we've been getting a lot of lately. It you really know, is, because, yeah. Because this movie could have, if it wanted to, it could have been that movie. Where it showed us, you know, her life with Sung and it showed us, you know, what I mean, but it didn't do that. It like and that's you said the La La, the La Land thing, right? Like that's how yeah. La La Land ends, where it gives you it gives you that idyllic version of this is what their life could have been, but they're okay with like, okay, I know you're moving on with your life. I know you're going to go on and live your life and be who you are and do your thing. Right. And they just give each other that little nod at the end of La La Land. That's 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 what this movie is, except for it doesn't give you that. It doesn't give you that scene. Literally, it wants you as the viewer to imagine it. It wants you as the viewer to cast like those people in different roles in different lives at different like stages of eternity basically and play those scenarios out in your head D do i believe like watching this film do i believe that there's a version of these characters in some other life that's are perfectly happy together raising a family in korea yeah absolutely and that i think is is what this film's great success at least for me is because the, the the thing is, is like a films like this and the reason why I really love films like this is because they bring me out of the theater and they make me think about all these different moments and all these different things that have happened in my life. You know, all the different people that I've been intertwined with at different points and periods in my life, you know, and I like the idea, maybe more in some cases than others, that. I would cross paths with some of these people that, you know, maybe touched my life in one way or another in a different way, in a different time. I'm where I'm supposed to be now. This is where I'm supposed to be. I am this person that I am. All the things that have happened to me have made me into this person that I am. Right. So, like, I love being here. I love being this person. I love doing this. You know, but it's yeah. like we talked about earlier. Like, imagine... Imagine there's a version of me that never goes to Clarion. Well, then I never would have met Dan. He wouldn't be editing this podcast episode right now because he probably wouldn't be a podcaster. I might not have even been a podcaster because Netflix and Swill only started because they were like the Netflix knockoff of the Epic film guys, you know, and like we might have never met as a result. Like think about all these different things that ripple forward, like all these yep. different changes, these even even if they seem minute at the time. These different things that could have changed and made our lives completely different from what they are, like the, the set of circumstances. And that's why, like, you think about things like Watchmen when Dr. Manhattan decides to save the Earth because oh, yeah. he realizes that Laurie is like the thermodynamic miracle, like the number of circumstances, the different number of things that had to happen to bring us two people into this circumstance right now doing this exact thing. It's 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 yep. it's. It, it's it's crazy to think about. And that's what this movie is, is a beautiful, poignant story, but it also does allow you to really ponder those questions about your own life, which I think yeah. is, which I think is really special when 
a movie can do that because I don't 100%. necessarily know that Celine Song was out to do that when she made this movie, but she really does kind of open up that like mental kind of like pathways in your mind where you're like, I mean, we open the show with basically asking each other the same question, which like, you know, what would you have done at different intersections in your life and mm-hmm. crossroads in your life? And this movie really does kind of open up your mind to a lot of that kind of existential stuff that you might not think about every single day. Yeah. So uh, we're going to wrap up. Obviously, we loved it. We both gave it a 10 out of 10, which means the two piece score on past lives is a 10 out of 10. A perfect yeah. film in our second review together. Super early front runner for film of the year, like overall, like for, between both of us at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I know you're not as a big of a, an Academy guy as I am, but I think it's going to be nominated for picture. And I, th- I hope Greta Lee is going to be nominated for actress i celine song needs to be nominated know, for I directing know. here i, I know but i she's think she'll definitely time, get nominated for writing i think the academy will definitely throw a nomination her way for writing directing so. is trickier because they're an old boys club and they don't like to let girls play in their sandbox but and it's the she, first one and you got so Greta gerwig this year and so many others yeah brilliantly deliberately directs every single second of this film and it is it is masterful it really, it really, really is, is phenomenal that it's her first i mean i yeah. can't i couldn't believe it like i looked her up i'm like what <laughs> like yeah. what where did you go to film school like this is tremendous yeah i couldn't believe it all right, we're going to wrap up the episode, but before we do, Nick, we go over to the comment section. Now, this was a quick one. We just threw it up a couple days ago because, like I said, we weren't sure we were recording this. So I'm going to use the one I got on Twitter from patron Jason Nergevert. So I'll let you go and give me your question or what question you want to answer from the comment section. So the question I'm going to pick is from the man, the myth, the legend himself, destruction in human form, Mr. Jared Taylor. Love you, Jared. Would this be in your top five films by a first-time director? Mm. Man, that's a hard question, isn't it? Mm. That is first a tough, time. tough, tough question. Yeah. I'm Oof. gonna I'm gonna kick this into the top ten discussion because I I'm trying to think of all of the first films that I've ever seen in my life and how transformative some of them have been. Like think about like Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs. I know, dude. Yeah. I mean there's just a lot of really, really great first-time directors that I've I seen feel like, films yeah, from. I feel like, Jared, this is a question that we would have to answer after some research. I think we would have to do some research. I think we got to circle back to it at some point, though. I do. I think we should. But I will say to Jared's question that I, th- I think that an argument can be made because, like I said, I'm, I'm really floored by... She belongs the, in the conversation, for the sure. The craft for and... Sure. Yeah, I mean, just... So deliberately, precisely executed. Just being able to elicit that much emotion as a first-time director mm-hmm. is uncanny. Uh, over on Twitter, my boy Jason hit me up and he said, do you think this is in the top half, top tier of A24 films? So A24 has done some good stuff. And I haven't put this in my A24 ranking as of yet. Mm. But... I yeah, I, I would say this is probably top tier A twenty four. I mean, the only movies that I may rank higher off the top of my head from A twenty four would be like The Witch, uh Hereditary, maybe a lot of horror stuff that Nick doesn't care about. But Lady Bird, maybe. I don't know. Uh yeah, this this is probably top ten A twenty four, I would think. 
Nick, do you have an comment on that? Yeah, a hundred percent it is. And I mean, just by the nature of the score, like, you know, there's a lot of different films that I'll see that really move me and that really take me on an emotional journey, but they aren't quite this precisely perfectly made. Like they aren't quite this meticulously told. And I think that's 100% to Celine Song's credit. I think that that is 100% a credit to, I mean, it's a very small cast. It's three mains and that's it. Like a couple, like a mm-hmm. handful of basically random extras. Like it's, it's, it's really, really small and compact and tight, but every single thing about it is so deliberate and meticulous. Like you could list off a bunch of different A24 films now. And I, I couldn't probably name on one hand, like I'm trying to think of other films by A24 that I slapped a 10 out of 10 on right out the gate. And mm. I'm struggling. I'm struggling, might, man. Yeah, maybe this would be high, high up for you. Yeah, like I'm, I'm like seriously. I mean, and granted, yeah, I don't have, I haven't seen as many different things as probably you have or other people have. But even still, like, yeah, hundred percent for me. Like, this has got to be. This has yeah, got to be up there. It's yeah. up there for sure. Well, as always, guys, thanks for the feedback in the old comment section uh, once again this week. Even though we didn't, Jared, Jared, we didn't really answer your question. I'm sorry, but I, 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 I honestly think just to kind of circle back to that really, really quick. Top 10 for sure. Top 10 top for 10. sure. I'd have to actually like literally like break down the list of first time films I've seen from directors and be like, OK, it's better than this. It's not better. Whatever. Yeah, no, I agree. But it's a great question, Jared. And it's something it we should a great circle question. back Thank to. Thank you so much, point. everybody, for your questions, for for getting back to us. Those of you who asked actual questions. Yeah, thanks, Brad, for nothing, as usual. That's uh. <laughs> what Nick's trying to say. All right, that's it for Past Lives. Now, next week, we will be, uh, the two Ps will be reviewing Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Dead Part 1. Reckoning. I am keeping quiet because I have had the pleasure of seeing it and nick has not quite seen it yet he's got a couple days and he's gonna go see it and we'll discuss it next week i'm looking forward super, to that super excited you know what i really need to do and i'm not gonna do it before the film because i'm seeing it tuesday and it's, i don't have anywhere near enough time to do that i really do need to go back and watch like the first five films in this yeah. franchise because i've never seen any of them i probably yeah. seen the original maybe way back when it came out because it came out eons ago but loved fallout Loved, loved, loved Fallout. It was easily near the top of my films list yeah, all that probably the year, best. whenever it came out. It was absolutely incredible. No, I saw Rogue Nation too. So just the first four. That was also good. But yeah, I like I, I absolutely, absolutely adored that. I can't wait to see what Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie dial up this time. I can only imagine like just seeing the trailers, seeing like the amazing commitment to filmmaking, and say what you will about whatever for filmmaking like there's there's a deliberate a deliberate craft that that they're trying to that they're trying to connect to that they're trying to create with a film like this and i really really love to see it 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 looks it it doesn't look like a boring like silly superhero movie with just like giant cj explosion fest like we see flooding the market lately you know it it looks it, i mean it looks top form i'm so excited to see it i'm get ready super high expectations super high expectations coming out of fallout because i loved fallout buckle up and we on our second week together we had a 10 out of 10 matchup which i when's the I, next I, time that's gonna happen i want i want to know. know i want to know even thinking about the schedule to come for the rest of the year do you really think that's even how rare is that going to be i really think that that's going to be a pretty rare thing because you and i maybe once a year maybe yeah you and i do not agree on much no 
Like, That's crazy. You know? I, I thought I knew you'd like it, but I was like, maybe he'll give it like an eight or something like that. These so. kinds of films that 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 take you out of the theater and legitimately, I have not been able to stop thinking about it since. Films yep. like that, they deserve a special score. They deserve a Love 10 it. out of 10 score because because that filmmaker, that film specifically has done something to you to glue itself to your soul. Yep. That's important. That's meaningful. That means something. That's why it gets 10 out of 10. So our individual scores were 10, 2P score, 10 out of 10 past lives. Go see it, guys, while yeah. you have a chance in the theater. And if not, catch it on streaming when the time arrives. But we highly, highly recommend that film in the running for the best movie of the year as we're sitting here. It's going to be tough. Gonna be. I, I'm trying to think of what else I've seen this year that would even come close. Yeah, really nothing for me. I've got a couple 4.5s, but this movie just like takes over. Like it I can't does. even remember like what yeah, else it I really does. Even. All right, uh, Nick, I love you, man. I'll see you next week. We'll talk about Mission Impossible. Dead Reckoning. All right, get ready. Tom Cruise is going to do some crap. I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet. But you quiet. already know he's going to do some quiet crazy you. shit. Quiet he's going to do some crazy shit. <laughs> All right, I'll see you, man. Love you. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. This week, my buddy Nick and I will be discussing the new 8024 film, Past Lives. Let's get into it. The new 8024 film? Oh, did I say it wrong? <laughs> my God, I didn't even notice. <laughs> I'm glad I have you here.